Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Carmen Vanderheiden-Brody. She's the co-founder and VP of Clinical Operations at Removery, and we're going to talk about uh, tattoo removal. So, Carmen, thanks for coming. No worries. Thanks for having me. So, what what got you into uh, tattoo removal? Are you like, are you covering tattoos yourself or, or what? (laughs) Yeah, no, I wish I was an artist, but that's not the case at all. I started my laser history, I guess you would call it, about 25 years ago. I used to work in med spas on tons of different lasers, you know, a lot of face rejuvenation, um, fraxel type of lasers. And then what led me to tattoo removal was uh, hair removal. So when you do hair removal in order to be a very conscientious person, you cover the tattoos. So there's no ability to touch those because if you laser accidentally a laser, a tattoo with a hair removal machine, you remove the laser, uh, the, the tattoo, but you create a huge mess. So in, what do you mean? Like how does uh, hair removal lasers work versus tattoo lasers? Sure, sure. So basically it's a 1064 wavelength, um, but it's at uh, a very long duration of the pulse. So the pulse has to be long enough where it actually explodes the hair follicle, damaging the follicle enough so that the hair doesn't move, grow back. If you hit a tattoo with that long of a pulse, it then explodes that ink and it basically boils to the surface, creating all kinds of scars and whatnot. And so that's what I call a mess. Okay. So if you have a decreased pulse length, um, you could have, let's say, a higher frequency or different frequency of laser, and you're not going to have as much uh, heating and destruction of tissue. Exactly. Exactly. So the more that you can decrease the duration of the pulse, you also decrease the heat and you can break the particles. That's what we're looking to do. We bust the particles and then your body takes those, breaks them down, carries them away. But if you're to go into aggressively with a longer pulse duration, then they actually explode and, uh, you know, create damage, scarring and whatnot. 
in tattoo removal, I don't know, maybe it's like way too futuristic, but do they use like LIDAR or something to scan the tattoo and, or computer vision and then have uh, you know, like minute, really focused lasers, like laser the tattoo, or is it done by hand with like a laser gun? Like how? Yeah, so it's done by hand. There's something where there's um, the selection of the ink. So just because the laser only sees the dark particles, then your your skin is left unencumbered by the heat, whereas an ink particle is heated and broken down. So we're kind of getting there, but what you described, yes, is in the future. And what about uh, different skin types and colors and thicknesses? Like, you know, I know some people are older that have thinner skin, and then some people, you know, are, are African-Americans, some people are very pale. Yeah. How do you reconcile that with the lasers and how it's done? Right. So the darker the skin tone, the lower the energy needs to be. So what we do with darker skin times type clients is we do something that we call low and slow. So we treat with low energies. We go very slowly. We do it with, say, much more care because we have to in order not to create uh, hypopigmentation, hyperpigmentation, something like that. With, say, an older clients, you know, it Thickness of skin has a bit to do with it, but older clients is more so uh, turnover, circulation, that kind of thing slows down. So generally, that sort of a client will take us a little bit longer than somebody who's 25 years old, works out all the time, and has a great metabolism. So that sort of leads us into another subject in that we, the lasers, only break the particles of ink down. Your body then absorbs and carries them away. So the more healthy that you are, the more that you work out, you eat well. Smoking is a big thing that will slow you down a lot. So if you don't smoke, lead a healthy lifestyle, your tattoo will remove much more quickly than somebody a little bit older. So what determines how many sessions you need to have? Like How long does it take on average to take someone's tattoo off and why? Yeah, usually I will tell everybody we like to be very transparent at Removery about how long is this journey actually because, you know, we're we're we see these people um for the full duration of the time. So usually I tell them it takes them at least a year, a lot of times more to remove the tattoo. A year. Wow. How many sessions is that typically? Usually we put about uh 6 to 8 weeks between, sometimes down the road, we put a little bit more time between. But generally, if you were treating an average tattoo, that's about eight treatments in there somewhere. Oh, so people will come about, what, once a month or a little bit less frequency, frequently? Uh, once in the beginning, you come once every six to eight weeks. As you go a little further down the road, you're going to be pushed out to 10 weeks and then 12 weeks. Oh, why is that? As you, the ink reduces, the reamalgamation is a little slower. So the ink coming back together into one cohesive uh, target for the laser takes a little bit longer. So we give it a little bit more time. Are there like adjuvant therapies, like red light therapy you should do on the skin or vitamin E or other things to support? So a lot of times um, we support the skin by using a vitamin E red light therapy. We really haven't uh, explored too much. We haven't found a whole lot of adjunct treatments to add to make the process faster. 
we are doing one experiment with uh, Rosonic and our laser, trying to see if we can do more treatments within one session, which would then reduce the amount of time it would take us to get rid of the tattoo. So the Rosonic is a rapid acoustic pulse uh, laser or, or machine. And what it does is it, if you watch tattoo removal, you'll see frosting or the white appearance right after the skin is hit or the laser, uh, the um, ink is hit. And what the RAP does is it takes that that frosting away so that then we can go in and laser again within one session. So those that studies in the initial stages, and we'll see how that turns out. And how big of an area? Like if I have a tattoo that's, uh, I don't know, three inches wide and three inches tall or, you know, or long, uh, do you do the whole thing each time or do you do parts of it? Is there like a, an amount of skin that is too much? Yeah. So there, if we always say like about the size of a sheet of paper, is about the amount that we'll treat in one session. And yes, to do removal, we generally treat the whole tattoo every single time. So as we go on, we adjust settings um, according to what we're seeing, but we do treat it every time. Well, again, if I have, um, let's say I have a tattoo that's a circle and it's, I don't know, I'm just making this up like three inches in diameter. The ink that is in the middle of the circle, I would think it would be obstructed and it'd be harder to reabsorb at least radial outwards, because it sees ink all around it. But the ink at the edge may go faster because it doesn't see ink around it in certain directions. Like what happens um, in a circumstance like that? What's best practices and why? Yeah, I, I'm not really following your theory. So, the- well, again, like if I if I have a, let's say I have a, a circle, I just have a black dot, a big black circle on my arm or something. Yep. The it, when if I laser the whole thing, the the skin right in the middle of the black dot, you know, the, the ink there, it would have less places to go, at least horizontally, because all around it, there's other ink that it would run into. But, you know, if I'm lasering the edge of the circle on half of the, you know, half side of the, or 50% of the area around that, there's no ink, there's just regular skin. So would I, would I see that the tattoo would fade or the ink would migrate faster on the edges or in the center? Yeah, no, we don't, we really don't see any difference in the, in the situation that you're explaining. The, the whole thing, like those particles are broken, they sit in that same spot. So it's not as though they bust apart and bust into different parts of the skin. They stay right there and then are absorbed and carried away. We see more of a difference depending on how the ink is put in. So usually, a tattoo is surrounded on the outer edges by lining needles, which is deeper uh, lining ink, which will, it's a little bit deeper and it's a little bit harder to remove that. So a lot of times the outside of a tattoo goes a little bit more slowly because it's lining. Oh, the lines are set deeper or is it the type of ink that's used? Both. So generally it's set a little bit deeper as, you know, the tattooers will use a lining needle and lining ink. A lining needle is deeper and then lining ink is a little, uh, it'll generally be, a, for a better lack of a better word, a little thicker. Okay. Are there certain ink colors that are harder, like notoriously harder to do on certain skins or in general, sure. like, you know, is yellow hard for some reason, but only on 
pine melanin skin or, you know, what are some of the nuances? Yeah. So yellow is difficult. It's, it's very difficult for the laser to see it. It also has a lot of white in it usually, um, which has a lot of titanium dioxide, which a lot of times oxidizes for us flesh tone tattoos. If somebody goes in and tries to cover up an area and it's flesh tone, it really blocks the ink that they've been trying to cover. It almost reflects it. On darker skin tones, uh, a lot of times we can reduce a blue, a purple, a green, a red. So we can take that black component out, but a lot of times they're left with that organic part of the green or blue or purple or red. Oh, so the, does tattoo removal completely remove a tattoo or you could still see it? It's just fainter. It depends on what was there in the beginning. So, uh, you know, it's, it's more difficult to remove something that's, say, a tribal to complete removal. We can always get it to any bit of ink that's removable we can get rid of. Sometimes that's totally complete where you can't even tell that it was there. I have one, luckily, like that. Sometimes you can see a little bit of a faded and it might be, you know, a few years while your body still processes those small ink particles um, for it to be completely removed. Okay. What do people do? Do they, like, what are the reasons they give to remove tattoos and do they do they re- retattoo the area later or is it better to just do a cover up if you're going to do that? For some of them and, and when people come in for consultations, we'll tell them right away, hey, listen, you know, we can reduce this for sure, but I think yours would be best for a cover up. Some people were very confident in we can get this to where, you know, you can't recognize that there's ever been a tattoo there before. So I would say, you know, in our business, probably 30 to 40% are those that just want to come in for a cover-up. Tattoo uh, artistry has gotten so much better over the last few years that a lot of people come in and they just want new work, new art, because, you know, they they like what can be done now as opposed to what could be done before. Um, and then some people just want, you know, what was representative of them and who they were then isn't representative anymore and they just want to change that. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent pending bright daily capsules powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Okay. How come on uh, older folks or people that have had tattoos, you know, like usually it's older folks, like the tattoo is blurry. What's happening to the ink in someone that's, let's say, had a tattoo on their arm like 50 years? Yeah. Now they're in their like, late 70s. Let's say, what what is happening? So what's happening is... As ink is put into your body, it knows it's a foreign substance and it 
your body tries to break it down. And that's really the premise on which we can do tattoo removal. So your body is not successful over overall because the particles are too large. So, you know, it might take 50 years, but then it starts to break down starts to look more hazy it's your body carrying those particles away and also you know there's another bit of theory about you know your your cell turnover becomes less as you get older and so you're sort of if you go down layers and layers you might see that tattoo look perfectly fine but now you have it's almost like looking through a screen door to see what's really there because of you know skin turnover just not being as good as when you're younger. So that's why they'll become blurry and you can't see the features anymore? Right, exactly. Okay. Uh, is it easier to do tattoos like that on older people or is it harder because of their thinner skin? Um, it's easier in that the particles have already started to break down. It's more difficult in that usually the client is a little bit older and their circulation is not as good as what it used to be. So, you know, some of them are easy, a, a really old tattoo. If somebody got tattooed when they were really young and at a younger, more healthy age, they started to remove it. That's your perfect case scenario. Is there any point in, um, I don't know, someone like walking around getting their blood flowing before they do this or doesn't matter. Sitting there is just the same. Yeah. So, you know, after removal, that's really when the particles are broken down, then we want for you to be active and moving around and have your circulation going right before you come in. It doesn't really matter. Um, but having a healthy lifestyle working, having a lot of cell turnover and, and uh, oxygenation and a healthy body helps a lot um, between treatments. Okay, good. So it, uh, all right, it does help at least to move around after the treatments and stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure it does. What about getting sun exposure? Is it dangerous to do that before or after a treatment? Well, if you do it before, then you create competing chromophore, right? So, um, the lighter the skin with the most uh, disparity between the skin and the ink is the best. So very, very light skin with black ink is the easiest. And if you put a tan on top of very, very light skin, then the settings have to be a little lower in order not to um, create adverse uh, circumstances or reactions. So having sun exposure before makes the treatment, I can be less aggressive with your treatment. Sun exposure right after is dangerous because it's freshly lasered skin. So that's where we see if somebody comes in and gets a treatment and goes to the beach after, uh, pretty high chances that they'll hypopigment. So we always tell everybody, you know, give it at least a couple of weeks. And best case scenario is they always just keep the tattoo covered. I don't care if the rest of the the body gets as bronzy as possible, but it's always optimal to have the most light skin with your tattoo. Oh, okay. But, but again, like if I get a removal session and I go out to the beach, am I going to mess it up? Am I going to hasten the process? Like, is there a vulnerable time where, you know, once you've had a removal session that you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that? Yeah. You should not go in the sun for a couple of weeks after with your tattoo. Oh, weeks? 
Yeah. You'd want to keep it covered. You yourself can go in the sun immediately leaving here. I want you to keep your body as cool as possible because of blistering and that kind of thing that can occur. But in days after, then it's more so about freshly lasered skin and not wanting to have freshly lasered skin in the sun. Okay. So what are some of the, um, like the most difficult cases and, you know, is like what's advancing in science to make tattoo removal better and what does better mean? Yeah. So we're now, when I started um, back in the day, I started about 12 years ago, there was only nanosecond technology on the market and that advanced to a picosecond or a shorter pulse duration. So that was an advancement that's been made and there even is a femtosecond uh, study out there where it would go to the next level of duration of pulse, which would be great. There's things like I spoke about, like the rosonic, and will that help to be an adjunct treatment where we can have more, more treatments being done in one session to advance that? And I guess more so understanding and having science-based decisions would be a really great advancement. We've put together the removeries, put together a clinical advisory board that's helping a lot to put scientific understandings and studies behind why we do different uh, things in tattoo removal. It puts science behind the art of tattoo removal. And in my opinion, this is a game changer in the industry. You know, there's a lot of theory-focused uh, studies, but never has there been a body of people that can put that all together and create a comp- uh, concise body of understandings. So to me, that's a game changer and a big industry changer. Oh, that's right. What, what, so what other applications uh, would these uh, fast pulse lasers be used for? Can they, you know, like, or, or is you just, you're sticking with tattoos and everything else is too far afield? Yeah. So we the removery is definitely sticking sticking with uh, tattoo removal. Um, as you create, uh, decrease the duration of the pulse, then you also decrease the possibility of hurting the skin. So a lot of times back with nanosecond technology, you'd get a very tack skin. And to do several treatments, the tattoo would become recalcitrant and drop lower into the to the dermis and be more difficult to see. So by creating shorter pulses, then it creates less of that micro scarring and you have less skin changing or changes so that now you could um, do more safe and effective removal. Okay. So what do you see as the near term future? What, what improvements are coming that you're waiting for? Honestly, we're waiting for at a a higher, so at a higher millimeter. So as you go higher in middle millimeters with a laser, you go deeper into um, the skin. So right now, lasers really don't have enough energy to get super deep into the skin where, you know, we usually start treatments at about an eight millimeter, but there is a capacity to get to a nine and a 10 millimeter. So that would be the next advancement that I see that there's just more peak power at a lower depth so that we can address deeper particles and especially on recalcitrant tattoos. And then like I 
mentioned femtosecond technology is also being developed and that would again reduce the the duration of the pulse making it much safer again safer to treat on every skin type well what makes a a tattoo recalcitrant you mentioned it uh, like you know what are some of the factors that make it difficult Sure. Um, a lot of times a uh, tattoo will either from age drop or uh, if it's been lasered a bunch of times, sometimes that ink will drop a bit and then it gets low in the dermis and it's very difficult to get to it, if not impossible. So those are the ones and, and they generally look like a very, very old tattoo. It'll be almost like a shadowing, but there's still some ink that's deep in the dermis. Any other factors that make a tattoo difficult to work on? Um, sure. Just the like, like uh, for instance, uh, have you ever had a tattoo where you're like, oh my god, a total amateur must have done this, or you know, <laughs> like a, jail, a, a jailhouse tattoo done with like custom ink or something from wherever? You know, there's certain tattoos where you're like, yes, uh, this is going to be a problem. Yes. Yeah, so uh, ones that I always know are going to be a problem right from the get go are very synthetic inks where, you know, some plastics even can be in those inks. Uh, they generally look shiny to the naked eye. So I'll know that those are, you know, lots of times next to impossible to remove. A lot of times you'll get those uh, with very cheap ink or even, you know, some of some of the guys from prison have explained to me how they will melt plastic and then create the ink from that plastic. So, of course, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible how, you know, creative they become in 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 making their inks. But a lot of jailhouse tattoos are, are completely on the other spectrum where they're very easy to remove. Is it painful to get these these removal sessions, and is it more painful in the beginning or later on? What do you what do uh, patients experience? Yeah, so I have to be completely honest. It does hurt. I'm I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. It does. It hurts, and we're we're working. That's one of our areas of observation with clinical advisory board is how can we reduce pain? Um, and so far, we've come up fairly empty. I wish I could report differently, but it is painful, but it really is so fast. Like something that took you, you know, a couple hours to put on will take all of three minutes each of your sessions. So sort of by the time you think, oh shit, this hurts, it's done. No, I think getting tattooed, I mean, I've only had one, you know, I know people have had their whole body, but to me it hurt and I hated it. So, I mean, not the removal of putting a tattoo on, getting one, so, I mean, getting a tattoo hurts, especially on thinner parts of the skin or near bones. So I guess it makes sense that uh, taking it off would hurt. Does it, do people report that it hurts as much or is it a different hurt or what do they say? I've had it done myself. I've been, I have sleeves myself. And so I know, you know, what it feels like to put it on and take it off. I would much rather have removal because I'd rather just take all my medicine in one big gulp. But to, uh, it, it's just a very different pain. To me, it's like a lot of very sharp rubber bands snapping at you, whereas tattooing, they keep going into that same area over and over and over again. So again, I'd rather take all my medicine in one shot than endure a long period of time. You guys should have like a big uh, version of the book, The Sneetches, in your offices, you know, the on again, off again, when they took the stars on and off in that machine. 
Yeah, that's so funny. When we were first um, forming Removery, that was, that was, you know, during one of our meetings, that's, we thought maybe we could name us something that had to go to do with the Starbelly Sneetches. Obviously, we didn't, but I thought it would yeah. have been really fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. That's what I thought of. So. For sure. Well, too bad, too bad there's no machine that's as fast and easy as that type of thing, but you're working towards it. We're working on it. Hopefully, we'll get there. If... Right on. Okay. Okay, well, where do you serve people? What areas and what's the best way for people to get in touch and to find out more about your work? Right. So um, the best way to get in touch with us is removery.com. It will direct you to all of our locations. We're almost ready. I think within the next couple of weeks, we will open our 100th location. Um, We're all across the United States, Canada, and Australia. Okay. So, and the best place to go is, what is the website? Where can people go? It's removery.com. Okay, very good. Well, Carmen, thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, I think it's interesting. I have a tattoo. I thought about it getting it removed and stuff. Um, do you do you guys have an online submission type thing where someone can take a picture of it and send it to you? Or does someone have to come into a clinic and have someone like look at it under different lights and in person in order to tell if you can remove everything? Yeah, no, you you can send in a photo, you can do a virtual consultation where we can look at it and see, is this going to be difficult on your skin type? Is this going to be possible, impossible? Can we meet your needs? Do Are we able to get you to where you want to go based on real realistic expectations on my side, on your side? So we can do those virtual consultations. If the girls have questions during those consultations, a lot of times they reach right out to me. So you'll get that information um, directly from clinical. And then you come in, it's easy. You know, consultations are completely free. We talk about it. And again, make sure that all of our expectations meet. And you can either go forward that day or you can wait, think about it. There's absolutely never any pressure for prospective clients. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Carmen, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a really good one. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Thanks so much. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent pending bright daily capsules powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.